0: Welcome back, everyone. We've got to get right into our next guest. Uh, I'm so glad she came on the show. Her name is Laura Goodrich from On Impact, a global workforce innovator is her title. And she specializes in change in the future of work. And she's going to talk about creating an individual and collective mindset for change and innovation in your organization. So, Laura, thanks so much for coming on. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: It's my pleasure. Um, tell us a little bit about the company On Impact. It sounds very interesting. I love the name of it. How did it get started and tell us what it does for your clients?
1: Well, I've spent the last 20 years focusing on changing the future of work, always researching change. And I've done a lot of executive coaching uh, with organizations that are experiencing change and really helping those leaders not only figure it out personally, but also how to help others do it. And eight years ago, I met my now business partner, Greg Stever, who is an Emmy Award winning producer. And we began the process of really talking about how we could leverage film making methods with, you know, really helping people understand and learn about change and how to how to do it better. And that was the beginning of our journey together. We began making films that were used to kick off and close meetings. And now we've gravitated and we do a lot of online learning where we use filmmaking, storytelling in a designed process. So some of the premises that we, we stand behind and believe really strongly in is it's great to gather together. That's really key. Great place to start but no place to stop because real change is a process. It's not an event. And so we love using media and stories and space them over time in really bite-sized pieces so that we create those reminders that are so difficult. You know, where, as you, I'm sure, would agree, everybody is running or flying by the seat of their pants at work Mm -hmm. today. And so it's really difficult to cast our vision forward and look, okay, where are we going and what is important here? Because people are just mired into the day-to-day task. So that's how we, you know, we really put learning into people's hands in a really bite-sized piece so that they can view, view it, uh, reflect on a learning, and then really take action on it, throw a roll right back into the day.
0: And, of course, you know, we all experience change in, in our lives, and so much has happened just in the last decade, but I'd love to hear from, from you because you focus on change, and what are your perspectives for what the decade ahead holds in terms of changes?
1: Well, you know, that's a a loaded question. I guess, you know, the easiest answer is a lot of them. You know, when we look at, there's four drivers of change that we pay very close attention to. Global connectedness, technological advances, shifting demographics, and then changing consumer and employee expectations. And we have paid very close attention to all four of these areas for years and years, and, you know, whether you are looking at the work or research of an economist or a demographer or a futurist, all of them are, are in agreement that we we face unprecedented change, primarily because those drivers are all coming together at the same time. Any one of them could drive really significant change, but it's the combination mm-hmm. of them that makes this space that we're in really quite extraordinary, and one of the things that I love to make note of is that, you know, yes, it will be disruptive, and yes, it will there will be surprising things that happen. And at the same time, we believe that there's a disproportionate amount of opportunity that exists in these type of change dynamic times. But you've got to see them to seize them. And that's really where the challenge comes into play, is that oftentimes when things get are so change dynamic as they are, you know, we tend to put our heads down. We tend to lock and load on the things that we know and not create a space and the understanding of how things are changing so that we can steer our organizations toward opportunities because they're there. But a lot of times people get to them, you know, not quickly enough.
0: I think we could probably spend easily 20 minutes on each of the four change drivers the global experience, technical advances, or technological advances, shifting demographics, and and changing consumer expectations, those are all huge, and and they intersect in so many different ways. Um, uh, you know, what are two major threats that are facing organizations on the road ahead?
1: One threat is that established leaders can often be the last to see those opportunities, very well-established leaders. And what does that mean? That means I could absolutely love what I do so much that I miss the opportunity. I miss when the marketplace is changing. One of the stories that I share is that when I graduated from college, we had a CEO address our class. And I remember him getting very serious and saying to us, don't listen to what they're saying in the media. They are wrong. They're absolutely wrong. So disregard it. And the next thing he said is there will always be a typewriter on every desk. Uh, and of course, that dates me. But it also speaks to what I'm <laughs> talking about. Is right? It's the fact that we can really fall in love with what we're doing because it's hard to imagine how a business that had people typing had, you know, had that market wouldn't seize that opportunity that was emerging at that time. So that's, you know, that's a very clear example and, and, and one that can happen right now, right, that we love what we do so much um, and we believe in that, that we don't recognize when the marketplace is is changing and we, you know, when we can really um, take advantage of the market, you know, that we have already, you know, in that space. So that's that number was, one. That-
0: Yeah, and that's so well put. Uh, Established leaders are engaged people. They're busy with their head down doing, and if they're not spending the time to put their head up and see what's coming or what's in the future. And I was just talking about this with someone. So many of our business owners today are saying, I've been doing what I do so long. I feel like I'm a firefighter, and I used to be an innovator. I want to go back to being an innovator because uh, it's a lot it's it's a different um, set of experiences to to be thinking about the future, and if we don't think about it, we could we could firefight our way right out of a uh, industry.
1: I think you're absolutely right, and one of the things I mean that we find in our discussions is that it, when we ask, I mean, what are you doing today that's no longer working? And they can quickly identify things that they are doing that are no longer working. And then we ask, what are the specific changes? And I cannot begin to tell you how significant those changes might be. And they're still holding on to that trident, what they believe to be a tried and true solution. But it clearly isn't, because if you're down to 10% of what you started off with, um, you know, clearly there's a problem. Clearly, you know, the marketplace has shifted and changed. So that lets us know just how dearly we hold on to those practices. I love that you brought up that point and people say, I feel like a firefighter because I think there's a, you know, I hear you know, I hear those kind of terms really commonly and it's sucking the ever-loving life out of people. Um, so mm-hmm. we just hear them talking about fatigue beyond any other place in time. And if you think about it, that's true because you w- really, in that firefighting mode we're we're in that high adrenaline cortisol fear space. You don't fight fires without you know a sense of fear, but innovation is you know that active of possibility, that act of you know what okay, so let's see where the marketplace is going, and you know where is there an opportunity that exists in the midst of this
0: yeah when you're you're using different parts of your your brain i mean you're using your your fight or flight brain when you're fighting a fire and uh you've got to use your your you know your thinking brain your prefrontal cortex when you're going to innovate or dream or vision or imagine and uh, so many people are especially uh, um, a lot of our listeners are age 50 plus and they're saying i'm tired of firefighting i i and i want to go back to the innovation part that's what got it that's what that's how i got my start that's how i got passion to do what I do to solve new problems, and uh, they just don't get to do that as much anymore. So what, was, what else was the, uh, a major threat that's out there for organizations? Uh,
1: another major threat is that 90% of CEOs believe their organizations are ill-prepared to maneuver the road ahead, um, not because they don't have great products or services or people or anything, but primarily because they're just not agile enough to be able to just in the same vein to be able to steer toward opportunities and away from threats. Both, you know, really, really key. And so one of the things that people tell me is that, they, you know, they that maybe they rearranged the chairs in the waiting room or, or they got new chairs and, and there was utter chaos. And they're like, what do, you know, how, how, how am I going to lead change if I make a minute change in the office and there's utter chaos? So the reality, what we have found in now 20 years of working with organizations that are experiencing dynamic change, of course we're not talking about now, we're not just talking about organizations experiencing dynamic, we're really talking about a world in transformation. So it's not any, I don't think that any organization would say, no, we've pretty much got this sewn up. You know, we know right, exactly right, what right. we're doing now. No, Nobody would say that um, because we're all trying to figure it, figure it out. But the reality is, that when the environment is dynamic and unpredictive, it exacerbates a fear-based reaction. So we, we don't know that we're doing it, but our mind goes to a place of fear. And when that happens, it's extremely difficult to be, like you said, it's a different part of your brain. So it's, it's not the part of the brain that really facilitates creativity and innovation. It's that reactive place and that's a huge challenge to to the vast majority of organizations today. Well, what if things were to change dynamically and they, you know, needed to find a new way on a new road? What do you do when it feels like the brakes are on, you know, throughout the organization? That so that's that's a very very huge threat as well.
0: So so pushing that uh that need to change up the priority grid and realizing that this is not just something that would be nice to have. This is something you have to have and you're built into your business and treat it that way. Don't, don't just say, well, we'll put that off because we're comfortable the way things are going um, and, uh, and, and treat it with the urgency it deserves. you know, it, it seems like these days, especially so many Older businesses with older systems and older ways of doing things are at such a disadvantage to to somebody coming in brand new with new technology, new ways of doing things, and a new understanding of what consumers want.
1: Well, there's a there's a, a unique opportunity to bring in you know bring in that fresh blood that understands you know the 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 consumer marketplace, that understands the social tools. We're finding those organizations that can, you know, that embrace and create an environment that's very welcoming to, whether it's the younger generation or or those that are just fluid and comfortable with the technologies, if they can really create that welcoming environment and bring that fresh blood in, there's a unique opportunity for them to reinvent and get much better at it. So I do want to come back to, you because I love what you said, Phil, and that is, you know, create that urgency. And undeniably, that's what you've got to create that urgency and ratchet that up. So often people say, well, if we don't, t- we don't want to talk about it because that'll stir people up. Well, what we certainly have found is that if there's no urgency, there'll be no change. So we need to get in and have the dialogue and conversation about the decade ahead, how dynamic the change will be, and we need to um, establish that urgency and set the expectation. We have an expectation as an organization to effectively manage change and challenges, to be agile. This is the only way that we're going to be successful. The road before us is going to be a weavy one. Um, but if we all are in this together, we can maneuver that road. Set that expectation up front. I mean, think about it. If you, you know, encounter uh, a product where people are, are resistant to it, now you're going to get in and start talking about it. Oh, by the way, we have an expectation for change. You've already got heels set in at that point, mm-hmm. And you probably have a need to change. So couple those two things together and you recognize the force that that is. So on the front end, establish the urgency and establish the expectation and then really drive it to the individual. Because so often what people say to us is like, okay, we'll get everyone together and we'll get really bright balloons and we'll tell them what is most important to the organization. Well, great. Bright balloons are fantastic and it's great to share where you're going as an organization and that's really critical. Now, engage in one-on-one dialogue with your people. All right, here's where we're going as an organization. Now, as you look at this, what can, you know, let's, let's make sure we're focusing on what we can control here. Lots of things we can't control that are going on in the marketplace, but what can we control? And what do you want? What do you want as we move forward? And we call this creating I want statements that we, we write them out because we know that that fear-based reaction will get the better of people. It is a natural reaction. It does get worse during times of change. It's likely going to get worse. So you either reckon with that by developing an intentional focus and writing out what you want, or prepare to pay the price.
0: I think you're hitting the nail on the head here. I really do. I think uh, you know as as I think through and I'm listening to you, I'm thinking of all the changes that we see and how you know you can put them into uh, to one of these boxes. A lot of the time, the the, the global experience, technological advances, shifting demos, and uh, and your consumer expectation, a lot of business owners need to figure out what that, you know, what, what box this, these problems in or which boxes and create these strategies. And, Laura, uh, I, I want to have you back on the show. We're running out of time right now, but I'd love to have you back on. How do our guests get in touch with you to learn more? And tell us about the Seeing Red Cars Complete Package Online Coaching Package for Leaders.
1: Absolutely. Well, you can reach me at Laura at GWT Next. That stands for Global Workforce Transformation Next. Laura at GWT Next. dot com. Just drop me a note. And as I mentioned, we believe it changes a process, not an event. And as you know, and that's why we've created an online coaching process that really spaces the reminders and learning over time. Really nice, Chris bite-sized, engaged pieces of learning um, that leaders love. And feedback that we receive is that leaders tell us, it not only helps me more effectively change, but it also really helps me be a catalyst for change um, within the organization. And, And this is one of those things. Everyone is saying we need to change, but very few people are saying, here's how. And that's what we really have worked hard to do in that process. So...
0: Well, Laura, you, you've really given us a lot to think about and a lot of great tips and ideas. I really appreciate you coming and sharing with us, um, and I hope our listeners will get in touch with you and take you up on your offer. And, again, I'd love to have you back on the show because we have a lot more to talk about. <laughs> so, that is very thank you so cool. much,
1: Excellent. You've got, you've got it. You just let me know. Thanks very much.